What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, hello, and welcome to a Monday night edition of the Chase Thomas podcast. Evan Sowards, a 49 ers sub, is here. Evan, good evening. How are you doing, sir? I'm well. How are you? Uh, I'm good. Though it's peacoat weather again in Atlanta, so I was able to wear my peacoat and my. Get get a good fit off, as the kids say. Yeah, you know it's uh, it was a, it was a very cool sixty three degrees here in L A today. So uh, I I didn't wear a jacket today. See, I'm very pro jacket. So I I'm I don't know. I I either want it to be like really hot or very cool. I don't like middle ground. I don't like where I'm not a hundred percent certain whether or not I need a jacket all day or if I can get away with a sweater or if I can get away with a, a button up or I have to like adjust whether or not I'm rolling up the button up or pushing it back down. Cause I'm cold. I don't, I don't like <laughs> any of that. So like 50 to 70 degree weather can get the fuck out of here. I am only here for 80 and up or 40 and below. Yeah. See, I grew up in Portland where it rains all the time. So if I don't have to wear a jacket, it's like, you know, and I'm sure I'll get back. I'm sure one day I'll, I'll be all excited about dressing, as they say. Um, mm-hmm. but, but yeah, no, man. If I don't have to wear a jacket, I'm I'm elated. Yeah, and I'm not like that. Portland is definitely the bucket list. I mean, Vancouver is the dream. That's where I really want to go. Haven't been to the Northwest ever in my life, but it always seems like it would fit me. Portland is a an amazing highlight reel. Go there, see the best parts of the city. You'll love it. Just don't stay too long because there's not a whole lot to see. Damn. Shots fired at the hometown. <laughs> great great in the summer, though. Great in the summer, though. And thank you, everyone, for coming back to what we like to wear during uh, winter season. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is um, this is good because I think we people have got to get a good idea of who you and I are because, I mean, you might be a consistent uh, figurehead on this podcast, Evan. Always, always welcome to join you, man. It's always it's always fun being on. Yeah, I mean you're uh, you're the you're the last person before Crown Butler comes on tomorrow. Oh gosh, he's a, he's a great guy. That's pretty dope. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah, you should be. So what's going on in your world? I mean, what is going on in my world? That's all kinds of off-air, not recording conversations, Evan. But or Eric, excuse me. But um, what's going on in your football world? <laughs> I mean the the Falcons. Um, so one of my favorite things is like when. So my my dumb adapter died on the way to work this morning. So I couldn't listen to podcasts I wanted to listen to. So I had to listen to local radio. And I got to be careful here because I'm friends with a lot of people on local radio here. But I I very much dislike sports talk radio especially local sports talk radio and i was (laughs) listening to it on the way in and it's clear when people are just saying things and haven't looked at the numbers or really studied that much about certain guys and certain people and they're just like someone just said oh you know i mean the the falcons have tough decisions to make about desmond trufant who broke his forearm and which seems like a really painful injury like breaking your forearm sounds awful like that just 
it just sounds extremely painful. Breaking any kind of bone is painful, but breaking that bone seems extremely painful. So I'm out on that. Um, I'll go ahead and tell you. Um, I'm good on never having that happen again. Um, but they were talking about, like, they have big decisions to make, but they also have guys who have just played really well this season, like DeMonte Kazee. Okay, um, he's graded poorly all year long. DeMonte Casey has not been good. And I was a big DeMonte Casey guy, but he had a good game yesterday. And there's just certain things where it's like, well, they if it might be a little too much money to keep Desmond Trufant. Desmond Trufant sucks. He's been bad all this year. Like, there's no hard decisions where, like, yeah, he's like, what, what are we doing here? Like, the, the, the Falcons do not have big questions regarding their secondary. Like, Ricardo Allen's been good when he's been healthy. But about other than that, like, Keanu Neal, he'll never be healthy at this point. So I'm not really penciling him in at that. But just the way they were talking about, like, big decisions to make in the secondary. No, they're not. Big decisions <laughs> to make with Vic Beasley, who, shout out to him, who kept the streak alive. Did you know the Falcons are undefeated when he gets a sack? No. You love I to see not. it, folks. Yeah. Well, how many sacks does he have this year? Uh, that's a good question, but he has like 25 in four years. I know that. Well, we know he used to get sacks. That wasn't what I was Well, asking. no, he like, so that's the thing is like, he only gets sacks once every, like he has a good sack year every four years. So the first year, and then he'll take a couple years off and then he's like, all right, I'm back. It's almost time for a payday. They might cut me. All right. Got to do it again. Um, but he has six sacks on the season. Not there bad. There you go. Not bad at all. Yeah. Shout out to him. And if you look at the games that he had sacks in, guess what? Falcons won that game. (laughs) (laughs) Vic Beasley, the unsung hero of the Atlanta Falcons. You heard it here, folks. Grady Jarrett got paid, and shout out to him for getting paid and what he was making before that, but he's been awesome this year. Um, Just going back through the film this morning of what the Falcons were doing yesterday, I... I thought it was interesting that Vic Beasley obviously graded uh, the highest grade of anyone on PFF for the Falcons defense at 91.4. Casey was 85.3. Two guys who've been awful all year graded the best. So that's just the Falcon season in a nutshell. And also the Panthers are just really bad now. And it's really sad. Um, I was just going through stuff and I was thinking about it where Matt Ryan had some good stuff yesterday. Calvin Ridley also got lost for the season, but the Falcons, when you watch them, I, especially this season, Matt Ryan's not as good. And that's like a tough thing when you look at his contract and everything else. And he's also the best quarterback in franchise history and all this other stuff. And he's been great. He's not awful, but I was looking at certain things, but he's he's graded poorly all year. The Falcons are 21st in offense, 27th in rushing, which is the dirt cutter staple. Um, Ryan is negative 1.0 in DVOA for quarterbacks per <clears throat> football outsiders. He's sandwiched between Carson Wentz, who's had a very bad year, down year, and Gardner Minshew. <laughs> I I don't know. It's just like the, one of the things where it's like the eye test. I, the, just the, Nothing is sat right with me where I'm like, he just, he's not as good. And I understand the offensive line's been bad, but there are a lot of quarterbacks who have worse offensive lines in front of him that have graded better. I, I just, something's off. Something is off with Ryan. And I wonder if he's starting to enter a new, a new zone where it's like, I think the MVP Ryan of a couple years ago is, is gone. I don't, I think we're going to be, hard pressed to see him be a top 10 quarterback in this league again for the foreseeable future. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, I gotta say it's, it's interesting to watch considering I am a 49ers fan and, uh, it is fair to say that, uh, his near MVP season was handed to him by Kyle Shanahan, especially watching Kyle Shanahan this season. Um, but yeah, you know, 
I I'm a big proponent of star power, and I'm I'm a big proponent of uh, really good, talented skill position players. And I was just convinced when they signed Cal or when they drafted Calvin Ridley, I was like, okay, Julio Jones is incredible, you know, top three receiver in the NFL, maybe number one at times. Uh, and Calvin Ridley, wow, that guy was amazing in college. And then he has his rookie season, you know, 400 touchdowns, just really having a great year. I'm like, okay, these guys are going to be great. This is just going to be an unstoppable offense, especially with Devontae Freeman. And he, Matt Ryan has been so average since Kyle left. It's just sad to watch. He's not average. I think that's a stretch. I mean, like he's somewhere in between really good and average where it's honestly maybe more frustrating than when he was at playing at an MVP level because you're like, He's making a lot of money. A lot of every quarterback is going to make a lot of money, but I just I wonder if the Falcon if he's going to be good enough in his zone where he's in right now, which is like the twelfth best quarterback in football, to like to really get the Falcons back into contention with how expensive this roster is. Like this is an extremely expensive NFL roster, and I don't think Matt Ryan is good enough to just be on the contract that he is on the team that he's in and get them into contention. I don't think he's good enough to deal with all the liabilities on the offensive line, the running game, the pass, the, the, just the pass rush, just what that defense is at this point. Like, I don't think he's good enough to supersede those, um, those issues, those, those failures, those, um, just, I, I don't know. I don't think he's at that point anymore. Uh, but who knows? Then we we'll, we'll just see him with the Sean McVay disciple next year, and he's back. Yeah, but I mean, uh, like, who knows? You, I was gonna say, you you got to look at your offensive coordinator. You got to look at the coaching situation because the coordinators that they have chosen since Kyle Shanahan has left has not exactly uh, given me confidence in in what Ryan might be capable of doing. Um, Dirk Cotter, he's. <laughs> You know, I just I feel like it's like the been worst case scenario for who's been who's been helping him out. If you have Devonte Freeman, if you have you know, uh, and uh, by the way, Austin Hooper has looked amazing all year. He's been really good this year. He's been great, it's far exceeding my expectations for you know him. Especially this with George Kittle on your roster, you're like he's been nice. It's like one of those sad things where you're like, uh, no, but my, okay. my point is, well, my, I get my to watch is, George Kittle on my team every week. My point is, is if you have the cross right, if you have left receiver, right receiver running back tight end right if you've got all four of those if you've got a strong and they have probably one of the you know most talented group of those four positions in the nfl and matt ryan who was once considered to be mvp best quarterback in the nfl at that point is 12th you say you know like that's just a huge fail that reminds me of like 2011 uh you know 49ers when we came in with greg roman and vic fangio and uh, Alex Smith and Jim Harbaugh, and all of a sudden that team shot out. It's like th- that's way too good a talent to be playing that poorly. Um, and you know, by the way, 49ers play the Falcons this week. <laughs> Don't want to talk about it. I do want to talk about it. I want to talk. About, I want to talk about the 49ers in general as a whole and what they did to the Saints and what they're going to do to the Falcons. Uh, what do you think? Where are we at? You're a monster. I am absolutely terrible. But no, go on. I was very impressed with the fact that the 49ers won that game. I it's a, I think that's a devastating loss for the Saints. 
because now the road to them getting the number one overall seed is it's very hard. Um, and also just a great weekend for the 49ers because the Seahawks got beaten down by the Rams. Uh, I got to say, it was uh, from start to finish, it was quite possibly one of the best football Sundays I've ever had. <laughs> we we talked about this in this podcast. What was my big thing last week? What was I pounding the table about? Absolutely important. That it, yeah, no, I hear you. I mean, the Rams are fine. People are freaking out about the Rams. The Rams are fine. Aaron Donald, uh, did you see some of those still images from last night? He so did, hold, like, quadruple blocked. On hold on. Now, let's not say the Rams are fine. I, I, I know will you're say go this. Down this road. They're, they don't have any picks. They, they're, no, 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 not that. I'm going, I'm going with what you're saying. The Rams have definitely played more inspired football lately. Their record is actually good. Uh, not good for a team that just went to the Super Bowl, but a team for how bad we've been talking about them being. But let me say something, and I want you to kind of tell me your opinion. I think the Seahawks are a bunch of frauds. Yes. I think their team as a whole, frauds. Everything up and down that team, from coaching to uh, positions to fans, all of them, frauds. The only thing is that quarterback and Bobby Wagner. That's the two wholeheartedly where it's like they are undeniable. Bobby Wagner, incredible. One of the best linebackers of the last 20 years. Uh, Russell Wilson, I hate him so much. One of the best quarterbacks I've ever seen, period. Uh, if that team did not have Russell Wilson, uh, they would ha- be maybe six wins. Is that fair? I think that's fair. So when I see them barely lose to the 49ers in overtime after we lost Joe Staley, Mike McGlinchey, uh, the center went down uh, before. Yeah, you have Ben Garland, Falcon legend. Right. He'll be at center for the rest of the way, which – I mean, he played. He played terrifying. okay last year. He played okay. I know. I read about yesterday. it. I'm just like Ben Garland. Is this but, the same Ben Garland that I'm familiar with? But I think it's a lot of the scheme. But at the same time, you also had Kittle out. So when I see the Seahawks barely win, you know we have a a rookie kicker because Gold was out. Come in, nails a 47 yard field goal to go over no overtime. Misses a 47 yard field goal to win the game. When the Seahawks barely win that game, Manuel Sanders goes down. George Kittle's out. All the above. And then they get blasted by the Rams. I'm not surprised. I think they've had an incredibly easy schedule, even though their DVOA that they played. They've, did you see today that they have the, the hardest strength of schedule when it comes to DVOA? I did not. I, it's still, I, I, it's frauds. I think they've had an easy schedule and they're a bunch of frauds. And yeah, last night was exactly what, that's the Seahawks team I know. I, my, my, my biggest take all year was just like the Rams are, I would take the Rams over the Seahawks. I think the 49ers are the class of that division and everything, but I do think they're a better team. I, I just, you look at the Seahawks, people just like their offense, you know, what's weird is in DVOA stuff. Like they're, they've been number one pass offense per football outsiders, which is really weird to me. It, it, it's really strange. I don't know how this is working. I think it's because they don't think change. Like they're just a very conservative offense with an elite quarterback. So Russell Wilson just never makes a bad play ever and right. he's never asked to do crazy Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Dak Prescott, um, just, I mean, even Drew Brees, Deshaun Watson, guys like that. Um, he's not having to do that kind of stuff. Um, the defense isn't that great. This is not the Legion of Boom. That's my biggest thing when people look at just how 
the Seahawks are built, it's like, well, no, they're still built through Russell Wilson. Like, this is not, I, I think they just see Pete Carroll, Wilson in a solid defense, but they're not elite. They're, I think they're like 18th in defense. They're they're very average on that side of the ball. It's not like they have the Cliff Averills, Michael Bennett's of the world rushing the passer. They don't have, I mean, like you said, they have Bobby Wagner, who's a, a freak of nature, but they don't have a lot of guys that can scare you on that defense. I just think that they're another team that when they get in the playoffs, in the wild card round, what they'll be, they're going to get matched up with a very good offense. Like if they get the five seed, they're going to be matched up against probably with the Cowboys. The Cowboys have the number two offense in football. The Dak Prescott still slings the ball. We saw what he did to them last year. Like I would take the Cowboys in a wild card game, even at like whatever they finish, seven to nine, who knows? I would take them over the Seahawks team who might go, like you said, like a, just a very soft schedule. It might sneak into like 11 and five, 12 and four, whatever. I, I'm just not a Seahawks believer. I don't think that they're, um, the way people looked at them, I just don't think is, is reality. I think they're closer to that Vikings Packers zone where it's like the pseudo contenders. They're just in, they're in different tiers. We should break down our tiers at some point where it's right. like, no, they're, they're not in there with the Niners and the Saints. I think the Saints and the Niners are in their own tier. Well, and at the end of the day, what do you think, you know, like what separates the elite teams this year from the, you know, the, the whatever's those Vikings, you know, the Cowboys, the Seattle Seahawks, a bunch of teams where they're supposed to be good and they're probably ex- like people talk about them like they're better than they are. I think that's how I would classify those teams. And it's always the defense, the Saints, the, you know, uh, the Patriots, the 49ers, um, obviously, you know, the Ravens are the best team in the NFL right now uh, with beating the 49ers. It's all teams that have incredible defenses. And I think that's really what separates it yeah um the Niners though we talked about losing your center but you also lost Richard Sherman for a couple weeks are you at all worried because something that you pointed out on the podcast last week just the difference with the 49ers defense this year is more so the pass rush and um Bosa just being uh, a monster and um just what they have going up front and just the run defense and everything else but <clears throat> Sherman's had a career he's had the best year of his career um and now he's out are are you at all worried about what that does to your defense? No, I'm not. At the end of the day, Richard Sherman's a freak. Um, I'm not worried, and no offense, but if you can imagine, I'm not worried about the Falcons. Uh, I'm <laughs> I'm just not, and it's nothing against the Falcons in your fandom, but I just think the defense is that good to me. Honestly, like we, have- no, I think it's a great matchup: the Falcons' offensive line versus the uh, the Forty Nine ers' uh, defensive line. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be a fun Sunday. Here's my thing. We've always had Buckner. We've always had Eric Armstead. Uh, you know, they've been great this year. Eric Armstead has 10 sacks. They've looked incredible. Uh, but for me, as long as that young guy, Nick Bosa, as long as he's healthy, to me, like, I'll never be worried about a team. Nick Bosa has been one of, if not the best rookies I've ever seen, ever. I don't think, even though he is talked about with incredible praise, I still don't think it's enough. That guy has completely changed the defense. You have guys like Eric Armstead and DeForest Buckner who are obviously really talented, incredible football players that didn't move the needle the last two years. Nick Bosa has broken the needle. It's He's that good. So, you know, I see a lot of injuries, even though Richard Sherman's out. Emmanuel Mosley has played great this year. Uh, Akella Witherspoon has played great after he came back from his injury. I'm not as worried about that. Uh, as long as Nick Bosa suits up, 
I'm not worried. And in this case, you know, the the Falcons just lost Calvin Ridley. That's an incredibly, incredibly difficult thing to do when you have, a, you know, teams that you already know are going to double um, and have safety help against Julio Jones as, you know, it's necessary every single game. So I think taking away that really viable option opposite of, uh, Cal, of, of Julio Jones is going to make it super difficult. And, you know, at the end of the day, <laughs> Uh, Matt Ryan's not going to have a lot of time. Sounds bad. You're like, thanks. I hate it. Well, no, like I'm actually it, the the Falcons are just they put me in a weird spot because I don't want Quinn and this coaching staff back, and I also just can't like root against them week to week. So it's just weird. Like I wanted to see them beat the Panthers, and then you're like, oh god, is that a motivational win? Are they going to go on like a dumb spree? Like every like when they beat the Saints, you're like, oh, awesome. But also, this better not be enough to keep your job. It's a very weird up and down situation right Dude, now in Atlanta. He deserves Dan Quinn deserves to be a great defensive coordinator somewhere. And really, honestly, that's what it is. If the Falcons would have made Kyle Shanahan their head coach and <laughs> Robert Quinn the defense defensive coordinator and some weird alternate reality i'm sure they would have won a couple super bowls uh, oh brutal um it still it sticks with me just they could have just elevated matt lafleur to oc they didn't have to let him leave they could have just made him the new oc and maybe this is all still churning and everything's fine um but but no they, yeah, yeah, no, Steve really Sarkeesian. bad situation. <laughs> really bad situation. Yeah, Steve Sarkeesian and uh, Dirk Cotter. That's a that's yeah. a really great call back to back. Um, something I noticed. I was looking at snap counts for your Niners this week. Um, obviously Shanahan loves the rotation of running backs, but I hadn't realized that like Tevin Coleman. It seems like he's being phased out. Is he hurt or is he just being phased out of the running back rotation? So I on there. I don't know because if you can imagine, I was I was there live at the Panthers game where he scored four touchdowns. So that was not long ago. Right. I've seen him be an elite running back. But something has happened in the past couple of weeks. There's been nothing on the injury report, nothing that I'm aware of. Um, but, you know, I think what's what's kind of been the thing is I think – he, you know, Kyle Shanahan has always liked Tevin Coleman in the Tevin Coleman role, the same role he was that you're familiar with in the Falcons and kind of bringing him on here. And I think that's kind of what he expected from Jarek McKinnon, a guy that you can throw the ball to, run it maybe on third down, uh, whatever it is you need to do. That's been that. But at the end of the day, the one thing that has always been true uh, for Kyle Shanahan is he he absolutely refuses to run the ball um, primarily with anybody other than undrafted free agent running backs. Uh, that is Raheem Mostert. That is, uh, you know, obviously Matt Breida has looked incredible. Uh, you go back to Aaron Foster and uh, Steve Slayton, all these guys that were picked late, uh, you know, even uh, on the Browns. It's just like everywhere he goes, late pick, undrafted free agent running backs uh, are, are who he <laughs> turns into these all pro running backs. And that's been, uh, you know, Matt Breida last year and now Raheem Mostert this year. And I think you're probably going to see against the Falcons, you'll probably see a handful of carries to Tevin. And uh, primarily it'll be uh, Raheem and Matt Breida just destroying the Falcons' (laughs) defensive line. Well, I hope Michael Turner's in attendance so he can um, 
have his moment with Tevin Coleman just to see like his uh when he you know he was he did that in Atlanta when he came from San Diego and God you remember that forever. yeah Tevin yeah. Coleman just fulfilling the prophecy of um running back who seems kind of okay and then gets a full time role and is pretty good for a couple of years and then just disappears off the face of the earth um so there you go um we have to talk about Drew Locke we have to talk about him I think. So, okay, let me – I'll preface and then you'll, you'll go on because I didn't actually full-on watch the game, and I'm sure you saw more than I do. Uh, one, love seeing Vic Fangio happy. Shout-out mm. to 49ers legend, uh, incredible coach, 500-year <laughs> coordinator that finally got his head coaching uh, shot. And, yeah, I love seeing Vic Fangio successful. Rich Sangare- Sangarello uh, also came from the 49ers as well. He Thank you for saying his name. Because I've never been able to pronounce his last name. I have no idea what you... I've already forgotten. Scangarello. Scangarello. Shout out to Benjamin Albright for uh, helping me on that one. Uh, (laughs) You know, he went in. Romeo Cornell, the Texans who have had a great defense. Obviously, you know, missing uh, a certain lot is never easy. But he went in and they lit that team up. So I will defer to you. What What were your thoughts on Drew Locke? There's some Brett Farvey stuff to him. Gosh, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> there is, um, there is, uh, Bon Miller quote, quoted after the game. He's a fucking rock star. <laughs> He's really cocky. Like, two weeks in a row of him just running around. Like, the Texans radio broadcast were talking about this, but he's he's got a lot of charisma. Um, he's got a future in professional wrestling, I think, if the quarterback thing in the NFL does not work out. But he's he's really confident. He's just like it just doesn't make any sense because I don't know like from everything I saw at Mizzou, he was he was solid for three years straight and he got a little bit better every year, but it was never like he was he just blew you out of the water. We're like, this guy's awesome. But I love always like after a rookie quarterback who fell in the draft does well for a couple weeks, like you get the the NFL analysts who are like calling around the league to see uh how it was possible this guy fell and people are just like i i don't know i don't know how this guy slipped through the cracks player x slipped through um just because like it's like pablo tori of espn says it's just like it's pseudoscience like you really don't know what the fuck these people are going to turn out to be once they get drafted we're doing our best guess it's it's hard to forecast we don't know what drew lock's gonna be i think a lot of his stuff was like hands i think he has got i'm pretty sure lock is the quarterback who has really small hands i could be wrong but i think it was him um, he posted a 98.7 QBR today. He had a really good throw to Noah Fant early on in this game where I was like, he just throws darts. He'll throw these little darts. He's really accurate. He's really smart with the football. So even though he has a lot of Brett Favre in him, I think he's going to be a more accurate guy. Um, but that 98.7 QBR was the highest quarterback rating of any quarterback this season, not named Lamar Jackson. It's also the highest quarterback rating. This is just sad for Denver fans. The highest quarterback rating by any Broncos quarterback since 2007. Jesus. But also, not surprising, though. Not surprising because they really got the ghost of Peyton Manning. I mean, Vaughn Miller basically carried Peyton Manning through that Super Bowl. Um, (laughs) The only one thing I will say specifically to this is the thing that people need to realize when it comes to the Broncos, and I've been quietly shouting this uh, for a very long time now, Cortland Sutton is not far away from becoming one of the best receivers in the NFL. Uh, He has 
been doing already quietly exciting things with, uh, you know, nobody quarterbacks throwing to him. But Noah Fant, you got to remember, George Kittle left his senior year with Noah Fant as a rookie. Uh, and Noah Fant was one of the best tight ends in this NFL draft, one of the best tight ends in the NFL la- or in college football. Noah Fant is an incredible prospect and now star in the NFL. Cortland Sutton, Deshaun Ham- Hamilton, uh, the running backs, Philip Lindsay, Royce Freeman. These are great, great pieces. You know, kind of what we talked about, right? The receiver, receiver, tight end, running back. Those are the things that are important. And so it's like Drew Locke is coming into an incredible situation. He's coming from the Kyle Shanahan coaching tree. He's got these incredible, uh, you know, offensive weapons to play with. And I think yesterday you finally saw the culmination of what can happen when you put him in front of a good team. Yeah, I mean, I... I just I can't get over just how bad like I was just going through Denver's offenses over the last couple of years and these fans just what they've dealt with Paxton Lynch air Joe Flacco Case oh, so awful Trevor Simeon just the Rolodex of bad like before Peyton what they were dealing with like it's just it's been quietly one of the worst situations of football like it's kind of like if you look at the Chiefs before Alex Smith right did you look at that 20 year window where you're just like Trent Green and just awful you're like, they went 20-plus years without a quarterback. The Bills, another team, just years and years without a real quarterback. The Browns um, still without no. a quarterback? No, no. I'm still uh, no. Baker ba- Baker's going to figure it out. Yeah, I'm not worried about Baker. Um, I'm a little bit worried about the OBJ stuff, which we'll get to in a second. Um, another thing from the Broncos, just because I love all these stats, about just how anemic the Broncos' offense has been over the years. It's been 416 days. Since the Broncos last scored more than 24 points and a Drew Locke-led offense just put up 30 points in the first half of his second start ever. I I love it. Like, Broncos fans were just euphoric over a very good day, but not like, oh my god, this is, we got Patrick Mahomes 2.0. It's just, that's how bad it's been for their offense for a long time, that they're just losing their minds at a three-touchdown first-half performance. Here's one thing you have to also think about, too, when you think about the Broncos game. Five players on that offense average more than 10 yards per catch. Three of them average more than 20. Tim Patrick, 49ers legend, 25 (laughs) yards, uh, average 25 yards per per reception. Noah Fant, four receptions, 113 yards, averaging 28.3 yards per reception, and then uh, what's it called? Andrew Beck, the other tight end, averaged one well, a twenty-nine, uh, twenty yard, twenty-nine yards per reception with his one reception for twenty-nine yards. So they showed out last yesterday. I mean, this is a team where everything went right, and that's good. Shout out! To, I think the NFL is better when the Broncos are good. I don't like when the Broncos are just, a, just unbearable to watch. I mean, I think it's good. I like the idea of really good teams having really good competition in their division. I love that the Seahawks and the 49ers play against each other. I love that the Broncos can maybe next year become a very good team to compete uh, with the Chiefs while everyone uh, in L.A. or San Diego or wherever those five Chargers fans are left just sit around and cry. I love the idea of the Bills getting better 
to playing the Patriots. Uh, you know, I love those, you know, two really good team divisions that are always competing for that playoff spot. So, you know, the more, more power to the Broncos. I, I think we're going to get more crazy Drew Locke shit. I think this dude's a psycho and I'm here for it. Um, and he's going to piss people off. He has a, like his hair is enough to piss people off. Like, I think we're going to see a lot of Drew Locke hate um it's like the mason rudolph stuff but he's actually good at his job like I w- have you gone through like just how bad mason rudolph stats were this season oh yeah mason rudolph is awful i, I didn't wa- realize just how bad it was he was there's a case that he was the worst quarterback in the nfl this year like there's a real case yeah once again and, and i know we've talked about this uh obviously what mike tomlin is doing there is pretty incredible coach of the year uh, uh i don't think so <laughs> I'm sorry, especially after last night. Anyone that says anybody but Kyle Shanahan is coach of the year, I will throw through a window. Like Kyle <laughs> Shanahan through a window. Kyle Shanahan is the coach of the year. His team had the number two overall pick last year. You know Harbaugh's they, winning this, right? No, 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 no. Winning it. They had a very good year last year. They are having a very good year this year. Kyle Shanahan went from two wins. He went from Brian Hoyer to the be- arguably, potentially the best team in the NFL by the time the NFL season is over. Right now it's the Ravens. We'll see what happens by the end of the year. Kyle Shanahan wins it. I, I'm right there with you. I just don't think it's realistic. I don't think he's going to win it. Kyle Shanahan has done this with major injuries to his starting I don't uh, have a vote. So, so I'm just saying, <laughs> starting right tackle, starting left tackle, starting center, starting tight end, starting fullback. It just never ends. It's Kyle Shanahan. I don't care what anybody says. Evan, it's, I've got some bad news. What's that? He's he's not winning. Oh, my God. I'll freak out. What do you Are think? You really? Like, he's not going to win. You need he's... to go ahead and accept it now. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to, like, ease you into this. No, I'm trying to ease you into this. Super Bowl winners, San Francisco 49ers. I mean, Coach... honestly, if they win, I, I'll I'll rock some, some Niners stuff. And Coach... I'll just put some Falcons patch over it. That's fine. That's fine. I was a huge Falcon. Atlanta made him. We can all agree. Shanahan was... is nothing without his couple years in uh, Atlanta. When ESPN football was still a thing, I was a big fan of uh, playing the Falcons in uh yeah 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 no I'm, I'm i'm there with you but coach of the year kyle shanahan comeback player of the year jimmy garoppolo defensive player of the year nick bosa not rookie defensive player of the year they can get of the year jimmy garoppolo he tore his acl last year see i hate that award so much that's the dumbest award in sports comeback player of the year all that means is guy who was good before this got hurt and then came back and was good again i think it's, it's a great comeback story. player of the year that's just guy was injured and now he's healthy well, who, okay, so who do you have? So who do you give it to? I canceled then? the award. No you one gets it. So you don't like the award at all? No, I don't. I think it's a very dumb award. No, and I'm not against that. Especially dumb. I'm not against that. I like. I I understand your logic, but while the award exists, it's Jimmy Garoppolo. Well, if if I have to pick something, there's a gun to my head, and it's like, hey, um, I know you hate this award, Chase, but um, you have a vote. What what are you gonna do with it? Comeback Player of the Year. Um. Hmm. Who could I go with this? Now I'm looking at just different. I'm thinking. Hold on. While I'm thinking, is there any other option that I'm for, that we're forgetting here? Well, I mean, it just it depends on how you want to look at it. Do you want to go skill Dalvin positions? Cook's probably in the conversation. A hundred percent. 
Dalvin Cooks, absolutely. He's played amazing. He had, uh, he's done great. By the way, it's ter- it breaks my heart that Adam Thielen has not played a full season this year. I wanted to see that. What's going on with him? He, they just keep every every week. He's out every week. Yeah, but they haven't really like ruled. Like it's it's very strange. It's like the worst hamstring injury ever. Isn't that what it is? A hamstring? Yeah, and hamstrings, I guess they're they're naggy. And um, speaking about naggy, those bears. Woof. Am I right? I'm sorry. That was too easy. I mean the. Trubisky has like more touchdowns than Watson and Mahomes in like the last five games. Did you see that? Yeah, I did. He, <laughs> Trubisky's looked a little bit better. I don't know if you've noticed, but I don't know what to do with this. Bears fans are getting is he good now. No, he's gonna. He's, they're gonna. He's gonna break the Bears fans' hearts. They're gonna do uh, some. Well, they dim- get in the playoffs. That's the good thing. It's like he can't break them in playoff time like you can't do a parky situation from last year because they're, they're not going to be in the playoffs there's no avenue for them to get they're gonna they're gonna do some denver broncos shit where they're gonna be like oh he's good enough and they're gonna miss out on a quarterback just like how teams like the 49ers were like oh we'll just use brian hoyer instead of drafting deshaun watson i mean it's gonna happen it's a hundred percent gonna happen and they're going to miss out on it. They're going to start Mitch Trubisky next year, and it's going to happen again. They'll win like eight games, maybe. Hmm. I mean, that's that's being nice, and I, I I have no idea. the The Bears are very hard to read right now, and what Ryan Pace is going to have to do in difficult decisions. Do they have their first round pick next year? Uh, no. What? That's right. Is no. it in the Trubisky trade? I wonder if that's where he lost it from. Um, I have a question about the Chiefs. They beat the Pats in the road questionable calls against the pats um clear fumble there and everything else but i was thinking today where you're looking at all the numbers Mahomes, and he missed some time and matt moore filled in admirably which i think hurt um Mahomes' mystique this year like the fact that matt moore was actually pretty good um and andy reed's offense without Mahomes, i think that kind of low-key hurt um how people see Patrick Mahomes. It like, did a little maybe, bit. Maybe not right? a lot, but it absolutely not a lot, did. But just enough where we're like, I think we're taking Mahomes for granted again. Like, it's just amazing how quick we are to forget certain guys. Where it's like, this dude was just a, an abnormality in an extreme sense last year. Just everyone was obsessed and overconsumed with what Mahomes was going to do. They're going to go to the Super Bowl, this, that, and the other. Um, we haven't seen anything like this. He's like an efficient Brett Favre, but he's just got Aaron Rodgers in him. He's just like the super quarterback for today's NFL. And then he gets hurt a little bit, and the Chiefs' defense isn't great, and Tyree kills stuff, and their running game sucks, and the offensive line isn't as good. And you're like, but the thing is, if you look at the targets, he's still targeting the same two guys over and over again. It's still Hill and Kelsey all well, the time. Now a little bit of Meekle Hardman. A little Ty- bit of Meekle. Ty- like, Tyree kill without uh, without the assault. He, I, I mean, I think we that that's still part of it but like it's just time smooth that's a whole other conversation now like that's just weird stuff that i I can't even get into right now but the thing is like they're still the same team basically (laughs) the chiefs haven't really been any different they've just lost a couple more games than they lost last year mahomes is still great i just wonder if I, i just wonder why it seems like both people in the media fans everything else are not as excited um about the Chiefs, like Patrick Mahomes is the first quarterback under 25 to win a regular season road game in New England since 2000. It's in, in the Belichick era. Like, that's a big deal. And he's done that, what, twice? Well, I got to say, my favorite thing uh, that I've seen on NFL Twitter this week 
And I know you're from uh, Georgia, you know, from Georgia, Atlanta fan. Maybe some of your uh, your listeners might might not appreciate this, but I gotta say, the team, the quarterbacks that have beaten Tom Brady this year are. Can you name them for me? Uh, Deshaun Watson, Lamar Jackson, and Patrick Mahomes. All black quarterbacks. It's just MAGA Twitter is just in absolute shambles right now. I got to say it's absolutely beautiful. <laughs> but to your point, though, I think it is interesting, to, uh, you know, to, you know, when you speak about the idea of Patrick Mahomes, maybe not getting the love that he deserves. I think that's just a testament to Lamar Jackson. I think the the world of NFL fans always wants someone they can be extremely excited about. They love being extremely excited about electric players that are dynamic, that change the game. And obviously that's Patrick Mahomes. You can't take that away from him. But when he gets injured and the team slows down a little bit and you have Lamar Jackson full speed ahead doing unbelievable things. I don't know necessarily that people aren't appreciating Patrick Mahomes so much as they just have someone in Lamar Jackson to continue that excitement. Yeah, that's fair. I just, I don't know. I just, I can't get over it a little bit. Like where we're just like, I feel bad for Mahomes. It's like, he's just not been as good as Lamar Jackson this year. He's just been a little bit worse, but like still playing in an MVP clip. Like if you look at what he's, I think he's what thrown t- only two interceptions this year. Yeah, like he's just—he's <laughs> great. He's throwing—he's completing sixty-five um, percent of his passes, which is a little down, but like he's been great. Twenty TDs, two picks. Like he's fine. Patrick Mahomes is fine. I guess that's all I wanted to do—is get that out there. It's like oh, Mahomes got course. a better passer ra- quarterback rating than Russell Wilson, who's the MVP favorite, by the way, folks. Like he's been better than Wilson, I think. I well, also that's neither here nor there. I think Wilson has been way overrated. He's having a great year, but I mean, I think it's fair to say at this point, yes, it's uh, absolutely Lamar Jackson as the MVP. And I agree with that. And I also just think Mahomes is probably number two. I, really I mean, know. I'm not going to argue with that. At the end of the day, I don't I think I just want to get him back in it. Where it's just like I'm. I'm. Uh, look, Patrick Mahomes. People have not reached out and like, hey. Chase, um, it's been a bad year for PR for us. Uh, we've been forgotten about. We just went on the road and won in New England. Is there any way you can get uh, Mahomes as actually an MVP candidate onto the podcast this week? Uh, there was none of that, but I would be happy to do it. Uh, Patrick Mahomes' v, uh, personal camp. Can I, 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 can I, I just say, this. how absolutely bold of you to try and shout out how impressive <laughs> Patrick Mahomes is after he beats the Patriots. How bold. How bold of you. I am, I'm very bold. <laughs> I'm a bold guy. I, let me just say, folks, I, I bring out the the controversial takes on this podcast. Like, I go out on a limb quite often. Yeah, you know, I, I got to say, that is the one thing I'll say. I will agree with you that Patrick Mahomes' hype has definitely died down a lot. Uh, and I do think it's hilarious that he beats the Patriots. Uh, the Patriots get another loss. And, uh, yeah, it wasn't the biggest story this week, was it? No. Now, granted, I think the 49ers Saints broken. Well, no, I think the 49ers Saints was probably one of the best games regular season we've seen uh, ever. Um, One of obviously I I would put it in top 20 games of all time. Um, And I think, you know, what's funny is going on the road, playing the Saints. uh, That was pretty great considering the last time the 49ers played the Saints. uh, Some fun stuff happened, too. So, yeah. By all means, oh, I is think, that a is that a testament to the Alex Smith run in your favorite play? 
Yeah, it is quite literally my favorite play of all time. People always talk about the Vernon Post, and yeah, by all means, bigger, more important, won the game. But seeing Alex Smith running down the sidelines with the hands down, like just elated, absolute excitement just pouring from him, the happiest I've ever seen that guy in my entire life. Oh, God, what a great play that was. I miss Alex Smith. He seems like the best dude. I just hope he, I hope to God he's like becomes a coach. I hope that he's a good coach and he could stay in the game for a long time. He's just such a great dude. It's that injury was awful, man. I have a question. Are we sure Alex Smith, if he doesn't get injured last year, the Redskins don't win the division this year? They were, they were going to do it. I think they would have won the division if they had Alex Smith for 16 games. They were going to do it. He goes better than seven and nine. Alex Smith does it. What, do you know what Alex Smith does better than anybody else in the NFL in the last 20 years? Overachieve? Not just overachieve. That man, while everyone else has got their eyes on the Super Bowl, you know what Alex Smith has got his eyes on? Oh, God. <laughs> Racking up those regular season victories, folks. Like, there is that dude, he gobbles up regular season victories better than any other quarterback in my lifetime. What did they have? They had like to him five wins, for right? How much he gets up. You know what gets him hyped? The Raiders in week 12. He loves You know it. what gets Brady hyped? Super Bowl 31. It's, well, I don't even think that it, gets Brady hyped at this point. I think I think he's Brady's just used to winning. I don't know if he knows him and him and Belichick alone probably don't even get excited anymore. <laughs> well, there's all kinds of the Tom Curran piece. Um, they're definitely not um, excited about each other. I don't think these days. Um, quick, uh, quick, uh, quick update. Uh, the the Eagles who are playing the Giants right now have now uh, remo- what's it called? Lane Johnson is being limp is limping off currently, uh, okay. and. And Alshon Jeffrey has been carted off. So two major in injuries in a game that was already awful to watch in the first place. Yeah. Not good. Not good. Um, I still think that there should be a role where the Rams get the, the four seed. Yeah, I would agree. I, I would absolutely NFC, like what they're going to be staying home and one of these garbage ass NFC East teams is going to host a playoff game. It's very that's stupid. the rule. I, if, I think if, if the Rams have more wins than the NFC champion or the NFC East uh, winner, you know, whatever that you want to call that. Absolutely. Remove the, the Cowboys <laughs> put in the Rams. Yeah. Um, speaking of the Rams, though, one last thing before we get into some headlines, I wanted to run by you. Um, the Rams snap counts. I'm just obsessed with snap counts. I, I'm, it's like rotations in basketball where I'm always on NBA basketball reference or NBA stats and looking at just different lineups and how much they use and what the ratings are and stuff like that. The Rams quietly phasing out Cooper Cup. 29% of snaps included Cooper Cup this week. He looked great yesterday, though. He only had some, all, but he was only in twenty nine percent of the snaps. It's interesting. Like that's weird. I think that's just a part of the offense, though. I don't think that's nece- necessarily a testament of him. I think they just know that when they put Cooper Cup in, he's going to do his thing. Because I mean, he had a great game last year, yeah. yesterday. He made really, really important, impressive catches. So I wouldn't necessarily say that they're like phasing him out. I just think they know how to use him. I'm well. not phasing him out. I just think it's weird that it just seems low because they are the reason. I think it's interesting is the Rams more than any other team last year ran 11 personnel almost 90 percent of their plays like no one was that obsessive over the three wide receiver grouping so it was cup cooks and woods all the time 
all but, the time. Forget but also, also, you have to pay attention, though. And, you know, obviously I know a little bit more about the Seahawks than most. The Seahawks have not played well against tight ends mm. all year long. And you look at, obviously, the focus uh, of the Rams, 11 targets to Tyler Higbee. Then Robert Woods, arguably their best receiver, had nine. Cup had four. Todd Gurley had four. Brandon Cooks had two. With zero yards total, by the way, Cooks is awful this year. What a bad contract! Uh, <laughs> but anyways, so I think that We're they have went to do a spinoff of Evan Dunks on NFC East rivals for yeah, ten minutes. I can do it all day long. No, but I mean at the at the end of the day, though, I think that was the focus. They understood that the Seahawks have not been playing good all year against the tight ends, and they game planned Tyler Higby, and he uh, he made it worth it. One hundred and sixteen yards. Seven receptions, an average of sixteen point six yards per reception. That's he destroyed them. Yeah. Um. Shout out to the Rams. Good for them. Um. Odell wants out in Cleveland. Do you have any thoughts on Odell? And also, Peter King uh, was on Dan Patrick this morning. He, I just the faux outrage. I. It drives me up the wall because, like, he's out here. Look, I don't know Peter King. I'm not trying to start anything. I'm just saying that, like, the way he phrased this, where he was like, the Browns didn't know what they were getting into when they traded for Odell. They just thought they were getting a good player. And then he called him a major diva. Okay. What? Are you kidding? Am I really supposed to believe that an NFL team did not know who Odell Beckham Jr. was before trading for him? Who didn't know who Odell Beckham was? What are you talking about? What is that a real thing? Is that like like what? And what has he really done? He showed up every week. He's not re- like he's what does diva mean? Like he's just like the fact that he's co- texting and calling coaches around the league like come get me. Like that's a negative for him. He's on a bad team. It's probably a bad locker room. It's like it's not fun. There's a lot of expectations. Well, they thought they were going to win the division, and it's not happening. And then there's weird stuff with their medical staff. Like there's a lot of reasons for. It's like being in a toxic work environment where you're like, "Hey, I want to go somewhere else," and you text your friends, you network around, and like, "Hey, are y'all hiring?" That's what Odell's doing right now. Are y'all hiring? Like, first, there's something wrong with that. First off, the best time to ever look for a job is when you have a job. Yes. Those are the facts. Everyone knows that. For all you young professionals, the best time to look for a job is when you already have a job. So, no, I don't blame you. Here's the only thing I will say, and I will, uh, you know, for the listeners listeners of this podcast who don't know, a quick little fun story. I used to live in Scottsdale, Arizona. Uh, The rookie year before OBJ made that ridiculous catch, uh, I had actually hung out with him a couple times out at bars and clubs that I would I originally saw him at, and I knew who he was because I was a big 49ers fan, so I wanted the team to draft him. Uh, and I originally saw him at a pool party, and I was like, yo, oh, my God, I wish the 49ers would have drafted you. That's, like, exactly what we needed. And he was like, man, I actually told and texted Eric Reed, his teammate at LSU, that they needed to, to draft me in order to beat the Seahawks. So I ended up being able to hang out with him a couple times, uh, I, we, you know, a couple club times, we brought him over to my table. He hung out with us. Nicest guy in the world. And specifically speaking, I like him. I'm a fan of him. I will always be a fan of him because of how kind he was. Super nice dude. But I, if he, you know, if he is texting teams saying, if he is telling teams, Hey, come get me, 
there's something that bothers me about that. If he's just telling players, how does that get leaked? Because if he's texting Jimmy Garoppolo, like everyone's saying, I just want to know how that information is leaked. Who's finding out about that? Because it doesn't make sense to me for Odell Beckham Jr. to go, hey, come get me, blah, 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 blah. Why would that person then go talk to the media about that? So I'm just so confused as how that happens. I, I'm, I would be cautious about that story as a whole just because it doesn't make sense. But at the same time, I don't think that he should be so worried. You saw what he did last year. He's capable. He broke the rookie record for throwing touchdowns. Baker, of course, uh, in a year where he didn't even start a full season. You know, I think Freddie Kitchens was a very bad hire. Um, I think if I'm Odell Beckham Jr. and I'm playing with my best friend Jarvis Landry and I've got a young quarterback who I, I know is capable, even though he might not be doing that right now, I've seen it happen. I, I wouldn't necessarily be already trying to scratch and claw my way out of there. Uh, I would maybe necessarily be talking to the owner uh, or someone and saying, hey, we need a new coach ASAP if I'm him because you know he has that kind of pull. Um, so I hope by all means, you know, the report just came out today that he had been talking and he does talk to Jimmy Garoppolo consistently, not just, hey, how are you at the game, but they're friends and they chat. Uh, and there was kind of reports that uh, San Francisco might be one of the teams. I would love to see that. If, if Odell Beckham Jr. is a 49er next year, I am spending so much money betting on the 49ers <laughs> to win the Super Bowl. There's no doubt about it in my mind. But I really I don't think, think he's – that anyway. I, well, yeah, yeah, you're probably right. I don't think, though. Or maybe next year is the year Dante Pettis breaks out. You're really cooking with something. That breaks my heart so much. I, I, I'll still never understand. I've got a full hour long podcast to talk about how ridiculous. He's gonna be really good in Philadelphia next year. I, I think so. I honestly think so. I, I think he's gonna go somewhere and be great. Uh, real quick, uh, while we uh, segue to this, uh, Dante Pettis and Debo Samuel had basically the exact same start to the year, but for whatever reason, someone on that team, Kyle Shanahan, does not like D, uh, Dante Pettis. They. Basically, when he dropped the ball, they freaked out. They talked shit about him uh, post game. They, you know, there's reports, blah blah blah. Debo, they just kept feeding Debo the ball. He dropped the most passes all year long on than any other member of the team, and they kept giving Debo the ball. Now he's a star. Dante got a bad shake. Anyways, long story short, wrapping it up in a bow. Uh, I hope that OBJ just realizes that they're having a bad year. They're probably going to do pretty well. Uh, in the off season, and I think they're going to have a great year if they write the, hire the right coach. Dave Tepper, um, Carolina Panthers owner, who fired uh, his his um, his coach this past week. Um, not good uh, post Rivera results right away. Um, Kyle Allen turns out it's not the guy in uh, Carolina long term. But um, <laughs> the reports this week is that he's interested in. It, there's a chance that he's going to bring multiple guys out of the 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 Steelers front office because he was the minority owner there before he got the Panthers ownership. Um, I love that the way people describe this guy weeks in, it reminds me of the Tillman Fertitta stuff in Houston, but these just owners or they get this carte blanche for a while and people are like, Oh, he's this mysterious money man. And he's very, he's going to, he's very analytical and blah, blah, blah. And then like, Oh, I'm just going to go hire the guys that went over there in Pittsburgh where I'm familiar with. 
Great yeah. strategy. That's not a strategy. Like, no. what are you talking about? This numbers owner guy. And he's like, no, nah, I'm just going to get as many Steelers guys from uh, Pittsburgh as I can. And then we're going to go from there. And we're going to keep Marty Herney. Great I don't stuff. Tr- I don't trust Carolina. anything they're doing. I'm really nervous. I'm a Panthers fan right now. I, 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 I am nervous. I mean, I think at the end of the day, they've got a good roster. I think Cam stays one more year. They're exploring trade options. You saw that this week? Yeah, no, I am. But I still think Cam stays. He's just... I don't think he stays. If he doesn't, if he does go to the Bears or somewhere... But who knows? The Bears were the big big team for the, where he was supposed to go. And now Trubisky's all of a sudden playing good enough to keep again. So I oh, think... Oh, no. Trust me, man. I, I, I don't know. Are they going to do this? Are they going to run this back with Trubisky? Are they really going to do this? I just I think the rookie deal is what keeps him keeps him trucking. You know what I would do if I was Cam? I would actually ask to go to Pittsburgh. I don't want Chicago if I'm Cam. No yep. thanks. Pittsburgh would be a great place if, and you're if like, well, Ben what about retires. It's like he gets hurt every year, and I would rather just wait see what happens. But I think re- Pittsburgh, they're ready to win now. Chicago's the Steelers- ready, and you get to go to the AFC. The Steelers were able to throw – they were going to – what's it called? Uh, ben Roethlisberger was going to retire four years ago. So I don't understand how he doesn't retire at the end of the year. I mean – solid. Get Jay Cutler's out of the league. I think Eli Manning might retire next at the end of this season. Maybe not. He's playing right now. So who knows? Maybe a sneaky dark horse. Indianapolis. No, I don't – I know because – Jacoby they Brissett. Go, they're not doing, running back the Jacoby Brissett stuff. There's no way that's getting run back next year. I don't know, man. I, there's something to be said about a cheap. They're free falling right now. Quarterback, but that team has a lot of a lot bigger problems than just that. I mean, he's not helping. Yeah, where is he at right now? Let me see here. I'm gonna look at where he is. Okay, Jacoby Brissett is. Just because I'm curious. They did lose. So they're six and seven. They did just lose uh, mm. to the Buccaneers in the last second game. Uh, he has He's tied for 15 with 18 touchdowns on the year. Tied for 12th with six interceptions. Uh, his QBR is 50.8, which is 21st. Um, 2,400 passing yards, 18 touchdowns. Six. I mean, his numbers aren't bad. They're really they're not. very average. But the, but that's the thing, though. An average quarterback that's cheap can be great. It's the Alex hey. Smith. It's the Alex Smith agenda. I swear. I yeah, swear. he's very Alex Smithy for sure. Right, and he's trying to get those regular season wins. You want to gobble those up? Like what have I always said on this podcast? Gobbling up those September wins have always been more important than those January wins. One hundred percent. Alex Smith experience. Right. You want that? You want that end of this end of the career win loss record? That's what you want. <laughs> Oh, I feel like I'm being mean to Alex Smith. I love Alex Smith. Great guy. Just, yeah, great dude. But also just won way too many regular season games. Um, Last headline before we get into what you're interested in for week 15. Are we in 15 or 14? I don't even know anymore. Um, Mike McCarthy, his agent's putting out the feelers. He wants back in. Did you see that? Did you see that video? Which one? The video he came out with today. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Are you? wasn't somebody else posted it or whatever the the video that they did on him yeah yeah i literally what i said i said mike mccarthy spent an entire year off work 
coaching for free. You know, he, basically, he worked all year long on his one year off for free just to end up probably coaching the Browns next year and what getting getting their ass kicked every every uh, twice a year from Lamar Jackson. I think it's a great. I, I mean, if you're, I mean, personally speaking, Panthers Browns. I'm taking the Browns all day long. What about the Falcons? Nick Chubb's one of the best running backs. Falcons? I think the Falcons are a better job. I would rather have the Browns. Really? Miles Garrett comes back. I don't think Odell's really – I really don't see Odell leaving. Um, Nick Chubb's one of the best running backs in football. Joe Batonia is one of the best guards. Uh, You know, they've got a really strong secondary. I just – I would rather I would the Browns I think are one of the probably one of if not the best best team to coach next year. If you can be good with Baker Mayfield, I think you can be a playoff team. Yeah. What I think there's like what jobs open up this this How many season? let's put it this way. How many how many coaches in the NFL currently would have sent this Browns team to the playoffs? Hmm. A lot. I would say a lot. Marone, Anthony Lynn, Bruce Arians for sure. Um, Frank Reich, Kyle Shanahan, every, Kyle Shanahan, basically probably every co- coach in the NFC West. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, there's a lot. John Gruden, <laughs> John Gruden, 100. percent John Gruden has done a pretty decent year. Sean McVay, Harbaugh, Jim Harbaugh, John Harbaugh, all the Harbaughs, so many Harbaughs. Uh, yeah, I, I think they would. Um, what jobs open up? Cause now I'm looking at it. What? Because I think there's going to be at least one that is a huge surprise. So what I've got on my list, I got the Chargers opening up. I think there's a very strong chance that they do that. They already did the OC change. I don't think they get rid of Anthony Lynn. I think they get rid of Phillip Rivers once and for all. I think they might do a mask cleaning. Going into a new stadium. Going into... Because that's where they're going to be next year, right? Isn't that official? Is that, or are we still one more year out? No, I think they're going to be there next year. Yeah, they are. Um, Jags. I think that opens up. Um, I think the Jets opens up. I They can say all they want about the Adam Gase stuff. Adam Gase is not going to be a coach next year, let alone in a, a head coach. He almost got swept by the Dolphins this year. I, I'm telling you, Adam Gase will not be coaching next year. I don't mean Damn. head coach. I don't think he's coaching next year. Can we just get Greg Williams in Atlanta? Everything comes full circle. The bounty gate guy, coach at the Atlanta defense. Um, I would be down for that. Um, who else opens up? Oh, obviously Redskins already open. Browns, I think, opens up. The Giants are interesting. People seem to have penciled in Shermer is gone. I'm not sure about that. Um, they're always way more lenient with coaches, uh, the Mara family and everybody else. I think he probably stays. Um, oh, my favorite dark horse. And then that's probably it. Doug Peterson. I don't. Yeah, that's an absolute not absolutely no way they fire what Super if they Bowl winning like five. And what if they lose tonight and they finish like five and eleven? I don't think they finish five and eleven. Um, but I, I do think I think the Eagles are what I call NFL purgatory. They're one of those teams right now where nothing on that team is bad enough for major changes, and they're just going to keep being mediocre until they realize that Carson Wentz isn't their quarterback. Oh wow! I think Carson Wentz is great. I'm still oh, do you? You think you think Carson Wentz is great? 
Yeah, I'm a Carson Wentz guy. Really? How ironic that you would say that mm-hmm. right now. They're getting well, beat 17 to 3. They get are getting beat 17 to 3 by the New York two-win football giants. There's a chance they finish 5 and 11. I'm looking at it right now because they've got the Redskins on the road next week. Maybe NFC champion Washington Redskins. Bill Callahan back in the playoffs, baby. It's the, is it a Super Bowl run? We haven't seen him in 20 years. Ah, uh, no. Is God, it time? No, no it's gonna be it's it's gonna be the Cowboys. Um, well, they got the Cowboys after that at home, and they go to New York on the road to wrap up. Yeah, the Cowboys are gonna be the winners of that division at seven and nine. I think the Redskins might win the division. That would be insanity. Running the table. I guess they can't now that they lost. Um, what are they? Are they five and have they lost eight games or seven games? What are they? What are the Redskins? They have five wins, right? No, four. Yeah. Is it four wins? We're getting there. This right is, now, they have three wins, three and ten. Are they three and ten? Yeah. Damn. Yeah. The Redskins aren't going to win the division. It's no, going to three and nine. Are they? Are they three and ten? Three. And, I'm staring at it. I promise you. Oh yeah, they are three and ten. Okay, the Redskins are out. Yeah, they had to win out after, and that was the thing. Is they had to beat the Packers. Okay, that's what it was. Um, <laughs> I love that we're talking about the three and nine, three and ten Redskins. It's like, you know, they could actually win the NFC East, folks. Well, you know, I mean, the whole division is a dumpster fire. Yeah, but no, is the Cowboys going to win the division at seven and nine? And we're going to have to. I don't know. I think you have to. The loser of the NFC East division, I think they have to go to the XFL. <clears throat> So I'm okay with that. Now, before we finish with this week and all that, I do want to start with your game preview for the 49ers Falcons because this is how I'm going to get all my uh, 49ers fans to listen to your podcast. <laughs> you got to do it. It's got to happen. You're a Falcons fan. I'm a 49ers fan. You got to do it. Um. Well, everybody's hurt. Um, on the Falcons, so that's good for you guys. Same gone, same fonts gone. Same dude. Like everybody, like up and down the list. Um, Everybody's hurt on the 49ers, so that's good. That's um, not to the extent the Falcons. I mean, yes. I will tell you the one bright spot about the Falcons last week that I think is going to be interesting is I make jokes about the offensive line, but McGarry and Lindstrom both played well. Like it's a good defensive front, like McCoy and everybody else. And I don't think McCoy played um, this week, but the Panthers have had a good defensive line all year long. Their defense has been solid and the Falcons offensive line played well. I am interested to see how this offensive line does against the 49ers pass rush. I think that's going to be something to watch. Um, No Sherman who guards Julio on this. Like Julio broke the thousand yard barrier. So he gets that streak alive. Um, Who do you have on Hooper? Your favorite guy, Austin Hooper in the Falcons, who covers him. Like, I'm interested to see those two matchups. Um, on defense, I think the. What do you mean, who covers him? Austin Hooper? Fred Warner is the best linebacker in football. I mean, to, can he handle it? He's the best coverage linebacker. I'm a homer saying he's the bed liner, li- uh, best <laughs> linebacker. Cover him? But he is the best co- coverage linebacker in the NFL, period. That's a fact. Is he? Yes. Is it not uh, Chandler Jones? No, it's him. I mean, not Chandler Jones, Jamie Collins. It's you can keep naming names, but Fred Warner is currently the best coverage linebacker in the NFL. Not Deion Jones. Uh, no, no, it's definitely not Deion Jones. <laughs> I promise you that. Mm. Okay. By the that's way, my biggest uh, thing is I'm. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is gonna have a big day. Um, I think the fact that the Falcons just, <laughs> I, I, they don't have the matchups. Like Deion Jones is probably gonna be on Kittle a lot, so I'm probably quick. gonna watch that. 
real quick, full on breaking news, full oh, no. on breaking news. I repeat breaking news. The New England Patriots have just released a statement regarding Spygate 2.0 in which they filmed at the Bengals practice. And the Patriots admit that they didn't inform the Bengals or the league about at the Browns Bengals game. New England also admitted they inappropriately filmed the field and sideline from the press box. They accept full responsibility. What does that even mean? Are we going to see some suspensions? Are we going to see some? Are we going to see some? Uh, big... What a what a great time for a poor connection. I don't know. I don't. I don't know what happens there. I. I it's all really weird. And it's just like the Bengals of all teams. Like, it's just, there's always something weird with this team, but I love the people who are just like, yeah, it, why does this, why does the story not come up for anyone other than the Patriots? It's only the Patriots year after year. And we're supposed to pretend that like, Oh, this is something that, um, it's just an anomaly. What a weird thing. It's probably no big deal, but it probably is no big deal. They didn't need to do this. It's always things the Patriots don't need to do. All of it is stuff that New England just does. They're just being extra for no reason at all. I, I don't understand this obsession with finding... I, I don't know. I don't I don't get it. I don't get their obsession with this. They're I don't either. You don't have to do it. They never have had to do it. Yeah, I honestly don't get it myself. They're obviously one of the best teams in the NFL. Uh, but, you know, at some point you got to ask. They've been so good for so long... If they're consistently cheating, maybe it plays a part in it because no other oh, team in NFL history has ever sustained as much success for as long as the Patriots have. So if they're doing something that no other team does, maybe that's why. Yeah, I don't know. Well, th- that Bengals-Patriots game just got a lot more interesting this Sunday. Bloodbath. Gosh. Yeah, I do. I I do say uh, bet however much money you can afford on the Patriots because they're going to destroy the Bengals now. <laughs> um, I think you better say AB resigns with the Patriots, but I don't think that's happening this year. No, God um, no. Um, and which sucks, kind of, because I mean all the AB stuff that's complicated. But like, I just I, I love Robert Mays tweeting out yesterday where he was just like, "Yeah, this is going to be the worst, most painful." Patriot Super Bowl run like of all time basically just this defensive minded unwatchable bullshit that they're just going to power through and they're going to make Lamar Jackson crippled on the in, a, in the AFC Championship game and it's going to be brutal to watch and they beat the Ravens 9 to 6 um and we're all just going to be like oh, really is this what we're doing okay cool um not a good slate this week this is probably the worst slate in the NFL this this season have you checked out the games this week Run them through me because I have been predominantly focused on the absolute ass whooping the 49ers are going to put on the Atlanta Falcons. Okay. During the day, the day games, because Sunday Night Football, they flex the Steelers at home with the Bills. Even that's going to be not great. Devlin, what a weird game. Josh Allen. Yeah. Like, 
I guess it's just because they're two AFC playoff teams. Those are the two wildcard teams. But it's like, uh, I don't know. I would have flexed Rams Cowboys. I think so. Starting off, let's just say this: starting off Thursday night football, the Ravens are going to shit stomp the the New I York. Think the Jets. Jets have had four Thursday night games. Am I crazy? I, if it is, it's four too many. Yes. So the Jets are going to be uh, losing aggressively to the the Baltimore Ravens, mm-hmm. and then. We start off Patriots Bengals, which we already talked about. Buccaneers Lions, absolutely terrible game to watch. Packers Bears should be interesting. What do you think about that? Uh, Packers blow them out. I think the Trubisky stuff goes away. Good, that'd be great. That'd be great for yeah. me. Seeing the the Bears with a winning season would make me so upset. I don't think that's happening. I think the Packers are blowing them out here. So then we go to a very interesting game. A very interesting game. An end of Dolphins. Nope. Titans, Texans. Yeah. Both teams, eight and five. Ryan King Tannehill. Best quarterback in the NFL. Currently, he has the best. Uh, what was it? The best third. Or no, he scores the most points than any quarterback in the shortest amount of time. Like he's they're scoring points faster per minute. Or whatever it is than any other team. As you know, Arthur Smith has been an offensive genius waiting in the wings in Tennessee for 20 years now. And he's finally getting a shot with Ryan Tannehill. Who couldn't have seen this coming? Absolutely hilarious. That dude's been on the staff for like five different regimes in Tennessee. Yeah, it, it never and yeah, then the the Titans never seem to uh, surprise me. Sense to me. I, I think it's interesting, though, because now people will actually remember that the Titans are an NFL football team. I think you would say now they'll remember the Titans. It was sitting right there. I mean, eh, yeah, you're right. So <laughs> what about what about your boy, Drew Locke, and the Broncos playing the Chiefs? I think this is going to be a high-scoring, awesome game. Do you? Which is weird. 10 a.m. Because... game. Do you think it's a, a repeat of the 49ers Saints? Yes. There's I think, not I, a lot I of really, No. And I think we're going to see just... I think this will be fun. I think we're going to see a lot of cool stuff from Drew Locke. Because guess what? The Chiefs defense, not actually good. Um, if you watch the Patriots-Chiefs game, you think, oh, the Chiefs defense might be good. No, it's just the, the Patriots offense has some problems. Um, yeah, it's called I a 42-year-old quarterback. Yeah, um, not great, folks. Um, I think the Broncos don't win, but I do think it's a, it's like a moral victory for the Broncos because they go like 48, 45 against the chiefs. And you're like, Oh, this is going to be a rivalry for the next 10 years. Um, which is all you want. If you're a fan hope, um, the fail ball, the Jaguars Raiders, both teams I'm mad at for what they've done. Did you see Derek Carr throw it out of the end zone on fourth down this week? Yeah, it made no sense. Did you see <laughs> the the line the lineman blocking for what have been an easy rushing touchdown Reddish, to the yeah, left? What is he doing? I, he makes no sense. I, his, you know that in that year that he, they almost went to the Super Bowl before that injury, uh, where he broke his leg the same year that Marcus Mariota broke his leg. Like I'll never understand that. People were like, I think this is Aaron Rodgers two point Oh God. Yeah. Nope. No, I don't think that's happening. Um, Cowboys Rams. I think the Rams are winning. 
You think the Rams beat the Cowboys? I would like that, but I also need the Rams to kind of relax. I want them to keep losing. I want all these NFC East teams to just keep losing out. Like that is what I want. Them just to all keep losing. That's what I that's what I really want. <laughs> I want the Redskins to beat the Eagles this week, and then I want the Cowboys to lose to the Rams. I want to see what this looks like. And then Monday Night Football, guess what? Another bad game because the New Orleans Saints are going to blow out the Colts. That's going to be such a weird game. Like It's going to be a boring-ass game because the Saints are going to be up 17 to nothing early in the second quarter. And you're like, oh, this is over because the, the, the Colts can't score 17 points. I do, I do have a feeling the Saints are going to be very angry after yes. getting, getting, getting absolutely embarrassed. Not like they we're from, not embarrassed. No, I mean embarrassed in that they lost that game at home. Yeah, they're pissed because they're like they need home field. Like that's they just blew their shot. So yeah, I think it's gonna be. For me, I'm on I'm on autopilot until the 49ers play the Seahawks in Week 17. Nothing matters, other than that. Yeah, I mean you gotta be feeling good, man. Great week for the 49ers. I think you're in the Super Bowl now. I I want Pat's 49ers Super Bowl so bad. I want Brady Garoppolo. Shanahan rematch against Belichick. That is I, what I want. I just need Joe Staley to have an NFL ring and retire. I think that would be a very beautiful thing. I think he's incredibly underrated, and he deserves uh, to have uh, next to his Hall of Fame jacket a Super Bowl ring. Uh, so I would love to see that. I would also love to see Richard Sherman. No love for Garrison Hurst. What do you mean? You don't think he deserves a ring either? Garrison Hurst doesn't play for the 49ers right now. I'm talking about <laughs> Joe Staley. I think Roger <laughs> Hurst, Roger, random ass 49ers Roger, yeah, <laughs> Roger, Roger Craig needs to be in the Hall of Fame. That's neither here nor there. Um, mm. But more than anything, something that no one talks about, Richard Sherman, if they win this year, will have as many Super Bowl rings with the 49ers as he do the Seahawks. If Richard Sherman wow. goes. Three, four more years with the with the 49ers, finishes his career. What if he has a better career with the 49ers than he does the Seahawks? I mean, he's already had a better season than he ever had in in Seattle. Right, but no, no, no. You're you're missing the big picture here. What if he goes into the Hall of Fame with 49ers highlights? Oh no, no, no. That's I'm just happening. saying. I'm That's just saying, happening. what if he wins two Super Bowl rings? Why do you just want to watch burn? What are you because doing? Because I hate Seattle as a staff record label <laughs> and as a mother effing crew. No, I'm serious. I, I think it's a storyline that nobody's paying attention to. If Richard Sherman wins a Super Bowl with the 49ers, he'll have as many Super Bowls as he did with the Seahawks in half the time. I mean, I think the most incredible thing about Richard Sherman is that he tore his Achilles and he's having the best year of his career. He's, 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 he's automatic monster. shout out to richard sherman. absolutely absolutely about him. i am i'm richard sherman for life um all right man well that's all i've got do you have anything you'd like to add before we get out of here you know as always check out the 49ers hub for all things that uh you know all things 49ers uh anti seahawks and, and uh, anti-Seahawks. I think it's a very incredible time to be a fan for the 49ers. They're a very exciting team. Uh, I'm telling you right now, Kyle Shanahan, Coach of the Year. Jimmy Caroppolo, Comeback Player of the Year. Other than that, make sure to listen to the Chase Thomas podcast at all <laughs> times. And, uh, yeah, drink water. 
Stay hydrated, folks. Um, all right, and I think this is this is good, man. I think this is a good weekly thing. I, I think we got a we got a good thing going here. I'm I'm always welcome to come on. It's always good to see you, man. All right, buddy. I will talk to you next Monday. Sounds good, man. Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah.